Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with my cousin and co-host, Perry. What's going on, Perry? How's it going, man? Not too bad. Sitting here with my buddy, Pete. He's actually here in-house. What's going on, Pete? How you doing? I am doing good, man. After those ribs, pretty good. Yeah, we just uh, smoked a bunch of ribs all day today. But Pete and I, we go back probably three, four years now. We met when we were in at Fort Campbell in uh, 3187. We were in the same battalion. I was a little bit older than Pete. I'd been a platoon leader, finished my time, was in the three shop when he first got to the battalion. He showed up and I won't say we became fast friends, but I mean, we were, we were palled around a little bit and it just so happened that we ended up at Fort Carson together and we've been able to spend a lot of time together the past, I don't know, what's three, four months, something yeah, like, that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been pretty cool. Um, we've kind of expanded our relationship, got to know each other a little bit better. What really like struck out to me with Pete uh, recently is we're on the same wavelength with our mindset. So with training, fitness, and then especially with what we want to do while we're in the army and then in preparation for life after the army. So like the entrepreneurship stuff, Pete's really into real estate. He's got a bunch of little side hustles going on and we've had a lot of great conversations about that. So I thought he'd be a perfect guest to bring on and kind of talk about some of his training goals and then maybe a little bit on some of his entrepreneur stuff, if not on this episode, then the next one. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you have now let me drag you into uh, a particular goal of your own that uh, you haven't mentioned yet, but, uh, yeah, we can, that's a good, good segue here. We'll start off with, uh, so last year, Perry and I decided we were going to do something called dry January with after the, the holidays and the way we kind of booze pretty hard over Christmas break. We decided we're going to do a hard reset. So we decided January, no booze. We decided to carry that on this year. So Perry, how's that going for you? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been in one regard, good. On the other hand, um, I'm currently uh, out of town for business right now. And um, when we, when we uh, go out of town with, with my work, um, we work hard during the day and, and sometimes we like to play hard at night. So that's been kind of a, a uh, you know a change of pace when when we uh, when we're out of town in the hotel room which is where I am right now but that being said um, it's been good it's good to dry out a little bit and um, if I'm not mistaken you're doing you're doing carnivore aren't you Luke yeah so I decided to be an idiot and take dry January and then combine it with world carnivore month um, I followed Paul Saladino and Dr. Sean Baker and then obviously Rogan did it I think last year during January so I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll give it a try. I've done variations of like low carb, uh, carnivore, but still doing dairy. This time I decided to just do straight carnivore and it's, uh, what is it? We're on 13 days and nothing but meat. And it's been, it's been pretty interesting, man. You've been eating a lot of, uh, of game. Yeah, definitely. I, I eat game at least once a day. I, I usually, so if I'm hungry in the morning, which sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, I'll do bacon and eggs, something kind of quick. And then for lunch, I'll usually do either ground beef, ground venison, or like a steak. And then when I get home, I'll do something else, like a little snack of meat. And then when I'll eat dinner with the with the old lady and whatever meat she's having, I'll just have that with none of the sides. So I try to keep the meals pretty regular so I don't get hungry. So I don't just start eating like peanut butter pretzels in the fucking out of the pantry or whatever. But right. yes, it's been good, man. I've The biggest thing I've noticed, I've, I've cut weight, I've shaved, a lot of that's just bloat at this point, but... I've, 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm laughing, brother, because <laughs> I came back from uh, Christmas with my family and I weighed 15 pounds uh, heavier than I do right now. So I feel that blood game. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that was that was exactly what kind of motivated me <laughs> to do this. Down. Caroline, my wife, was messing with me saying how my food groups during fucking holiday leave was uh, cookies and beer and it wasn't too far off. So I definitely needed to change needed to kind of detox from the booze and then all the carbs as well. So, um, but yeah, the biggest thing I've noticed other than shedding the bloat and the weight is really my sleep. That's been pretty crazy. Um, I'm usually not a great sleeper and I've been falling asleep almost immediately. Usually if I wake up, I'm going to be up for a couple hours or at least an hour. And if I wake up, dogs wake me up or whatever, I fall right back to sleep. I wake up feeling refreshed. So I think I'm going to continue. I'm not going to do it a hundred percent, but some sort of variation of this with, uh, you know, some, some exceptions going forward. I'm gonna try to keep this up for the next few months and, and just play with it a little bit. I've, it's a little too extreme. I don't think this is sustainable for a lot of people, but um, I definitely, definitely think there's some merit to it. Yeah. Carnivore has been something that has intrigued me as well. Um, I've, I've definitely thought about it. I might have to have to get on that train with you if you do it again next year. I mean, the great thing about it is, is, you know, with, I, I got four deer in the freezer this year. And, um, I'm fortunate enough to have access to, you know, grass fed beef, uh, basically whenever I want it. And, you know, I know you got some, some, uh, wild hogs from last year. So, you know, you got that freezer full of meat, um, do the carnivore and shit, you know, bacon in the morning, you know, wild hog sausage. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's really not bad, man. I mean, I've got two, two deep freezers full. Um, my old man has a grass fed beef farm. So like Perry's stepdad does as well. So like we both have are pretty lucky with our access to, to grass fed beef. And then obviously we both do a ton of hunting and I've got several species in the freezer right now and I'll be heading out in March to go kill some more pigs down in Texas. Hopefully bring me some. Yeah, I will, man. I'll, uh, I'm going to try to kill as many as I can. We'll see. I mean, we're running them with dogs and stabbing them with knives. So I don't know how, the the efficacy there is going to be but um, a lot of those texas boys don't like to keep them so if they're going to toss any i'll uh i'll get the meat and bring it back for sure yeah that'd be great well we can go ahead and segue over and and start talking about asking pete some questions since he's on here so pete tell me a little bit about your background man you growing up your college all that stuff well uh so like luke said we met each other back when we were at fort campbell uh, on the same deployment in Afghanistan, actually only saw each other once. I think the whole nine months there in Afghanistan, yeah, yeah in Afghanistan, yeah. yeah, shared I think some uh, some Taco Tuesday or Wing Wednesday at uh, the DFAC in Kandahar. But anyway, uh, I'm from Texas originally. Um, I played football at circa like Friday Night Lights movie time release uh, in West Texas, uh, and. Um, powerlifted in high school so lived that whole life uh and uh, prior to joining the army had never uh done a lot of running or basically just lifting and like the running that coach told me to uh and then went to west point uh which is a real fortunate opportunity for a kid that was uh, raised in a town with like 2,000 people um not a lot of upward mobility uh from a, a small town in west texas but got very fortunate and then uh, commissioned into the infantry, just like Luke did, and then uh, went to Fort Benning probably a year and a half behind Luke, I think, uh, and then ended up at uh, 
Fort Campbell, fortunately enough, uh, which is uh, not a bad spot in the world to, to live. Um, Definitely not. Nashville's awesome. Yeah, between Nashville and the uh, the bourbon and the, you know the outdoors and everything, you got a lot going on there. So there's some kick-ass whitetail hunting right there at Fort Campbell. There's some wonky genetics on that post. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's going to be the the downfall uh, of my story in this whole hunt and lift eat thing because I'm actually bugging Luke to to teach me how to hunt on my own. I think I've only actually done it three or four times. I feel like that's a confessional on this podcast, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't grow up with much of a hunting background, like have done it shotguns my whole life, but, uh, definitely wouldn't even know where to start really with, uh, if, if you told me to like go get a tag and chase something down. Uh, so that's what I'm, I'm going to trade you for here on dragging Luke into some other goals of his, and he's going to, uh, drag me into an elk hunt, uh, later this year definitely we're gonna we're gonna get after him we need to get down to west texas and grab our boy mike terry and get us out there he killed that nice mule deer did you see that yeah yeah i did yeah he's actually gonna be up here in february is he yeah Yeah, we'll have to to link up with him get him to take us out on a trip well and that's uh that's me i guess uh and then did uh, three and a half years at campbell and uh in the light infantry battalion that luke and i were in and uh just got out here did a, a quick stop at benning for better part of this year for a school and then i just got out here to carson uh, with luke in august and uh he and i actually hadn't seen each other in uh what probably a year and a half or other than like once or twice yeah we kept you know ran past each other in the hallways when i was still at uh at benning but other than that we hadn't really talked much yeah 2020 has been a year a weird year for uh socialization yeah i think we can all agree on that (laughs) yeah yeah it's been bizarre so, like, with you growing up, what were you – you said you did football, powerlifting, so you basically just did the whole lifting deal. Like, you, and you ran sprints when Coach said. And went. Yeah, so I guess uh, – and maybe – so, I, and do you want me to hit on, uh, like, where I'm at right now with what I'm trying to do? Or, well, just, or, like, so I was in a very similar boat, so I'm interested to see, like, what that culture shock was when you showed up to, to West Point. Because when I showed up to the Tech and the Corps of Cadets – I was fit, but I was not running fit, like military fit. Yeah. And then you've got all these guys who are scrawny little spit fucks that ran cross country, and all of a sudden they look like all stars. And so, what was what was that like? Uh, yeah. So pretty similar experience because uh, I literally everyone played football in my home, like eighty percent. I think I did the math one time based on how many people we actually fielded in middle school versus how many males we had. It was like eight out of every 10 dudes play football. But, uh, so, and so you only need to run, you know, what you need to run hundred yards at a time tops. Uh, and definitely not for someone like me, um, built kind of like Luke, except taller and better looking. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> so until West point, I never run like I think three miles. Uh, and then I got there and just was getting, well, metaphorically lapped by, uh, the, as my old coach used to say, pencil neck types, uh, and was like, well, I'm so strong. Uh, doesn't anyone care? And it turns out no one did. Uh, so. <laughs> Even now with the new PT test, it's still very few people give a shit how strong you are in the army. It's yeah. all about how much you can run and how far and fast. But w- w- sadly enough, it, I, I had to, I was, I had to focus on running so hard, uh, that, 
I felt like it had to like lifting was at the expense of running. And so that's always what I was like really passionate about because, well, I don't need to explain that to anyone here, but uh, <laughs> that's what I was passionate about. And uh, I had to kind of hang that up um, to make sure that I could do this whole army thing that I'd set out to do. Uh, and, and, and I always from the really get go wanted to be in the infantry and you, I mean, you definitely can't be big, uh, fat and strong in the infantry, uh, no matter how much you want to be. Uh, so definitely not. I didn't touch a single weight from like my freshman year of college to I think my junior year. All I did was just try to run and do body weight stuff. Like I got down to like 160. You got down to once. Yeah. Yeah. For reference, I'm like 220 right now. Uh, yeah, and I guess for reference here, I'm I'm six one. Uh, at school, I was probably two forty five. I'm like two thirty and change right now, so not small either. I guess uh, he's he's taken, ladies. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then yeah, so throughout uh, my time, like uh, that transition period of uh, as far as fitness goes, um, I built kind of your, like your standard aerobic endurance base to get you through. Uh, typical infantry schools, you know, uh, ranger schools, stuff like that. You, you know, you gotta be able to not anything crazy, run five miles, rock 12 type stuff. Um, and then got to Fort Campbell and the whole light infantry world. You've got a bunch of 160 pound dudes that can wake up hungover and run a 12 minute, two mile around you. And, uh, you know, you, you start to realize that you're getting outpaced pretty fast so continue to work on that and uh in january of well shoot not this year i guess last year this time last year yep damn it's been a year um i decided that uh this is pre-covid and all the shutdown stuff um i'd basically not i you know everyone in the army and anyone that's you know into outdoor stuff, I guess would say probably maintain some level of like physical fitness. They work out, you know, you, you might work out, but uh, I didn't really have anything to like show for it progress wise. It's like the difference between like exercise and training, right? Yeah. Yeah. You go to the CrossFit gym, you knock out a workout, but if you don't have those training goals with the progression, you're not, you're not training. You're just working out. Yeah. It was basically, it it was just like steady state lifestyle stuff. And I, and I kind of got tired of spending so much time on it. Uh, and not, being able to look back really for my own personal reasons. I mean, like, man, I, I was there and now I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and the school we we're at, uh, I say we, Luke and I were kind of there at the same time at Fort Benning kind of affords you some time, more personal time than you normally have when you're in like an operational unit. Yeah. Not more, like a lot more. Um, and so pre COVID I decided I was like, now's the time for me to like buckle down and actually like have something to show for it. If, if, if I'm going to ever do it, this is it. So I decided I was going to start training for a marathon uh, in like very abstract terms. And then uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I, I guess I had pre-decided to like set my goals higher than that. And I was listening to a podcast similar to this one. Um, kind of like long form interview, like friends talking to each other. And um, this guy said that he had, heard a quote that was like if you want to be really extraordinary you should be in the top one percent at something or in the top 25 percent like really good not like extraordinary but like really good at more than one thing and i was like well i'm i'm sure as hell not gonna be <laughs> in the top one percent 
at any marathon and uh, I can't afford to do what it takes to be in the top 1% for powerlifters. Uh, so, but I'm probably, I could probably be decent at both. Let's see where that takes me. And uh, then uh, I decided my original uh, goals, or I guess I, I'll backtrack. So I got the idea, let's combine the two and see where that takes me and i kind of dove down the rabbit hole and saw that there's not a lot of people that have combined like uh absolute strength or total top end strength with any kind of endurance sports you could say crossfit but kind of you could say yeah i mean but fra- or the, i can't talk matt frazier only deadlifts like 515 and he's the top crossfitter yeah so like, yeah yeah i mean they're he's very good at everything but he's not created anything so there's not a lot of specificity yeah. there. Well, and then I came across the idea of there's an Alex, uh, I'm going to mess his name, Alex Vita. Um, and he had the idea of doing, of doing the one, one to one squat to one mile ratio and then one to one squat or a deadlift in one mile ratio, which means if you, if you deadlift 500 pounds, you can run a five minute mile. If you deadlift 600 pounds, six minute mile, et cetera. And I was like, well, that's intriguing, but that's not really endurance either. And I've still yet to come up with like a good, like that, that's, that sells really well. Yeah. Like, you know, one-to-one ratio. I still don't have that for what this is, but, um, I settled on, uh, setting out to run a marathon in four hours and a power, uh, get a powerlifting total, which is for everyone's edification is squat, bench, and deadlift, uh, in that order of 1500 pounds, um, in the same week. Originally I said same day. And I rapidly realized that, <laughs> that was uh, not in the realm of possibility. Um, but let me, I'll caveat and I'll give a shout out to a few other dudes that have been an inspiration to me and a, a lot of people that uh, I'm close with are. Uh, so a guy named Fergus Crawley in July, in the same day, squatted 500 pounds, ran a sub five minute mile. And ran a five-hour marathon in one day. That's wow. wild. He's a British dude, uh, a CrossFitter, and that's that's crazy. impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it is possible, I guess. Um, anyway, the uh, so yeah, I set out on that and didn't really know that was going to take me, and then had sort of pre-decided all of that, and COVID happened, and all of a sudden I had a whole lot of time to run. <laughs> Uh, even when gym shut down, cause guess what doesn't, you know, <laughs> the trails, <Yeah. laughs> the sidewalks always there. Yeah. The sidewalks always there. Uh, but it's real positive experience. And, uh, I learned a lot of things that I, and I guess, you know, we don't really want to dive in too much to like the, the tactical approach or the, the tactics of like t- sets of 10 by five mixed with all this, whatever. But, um, I guess that what the results were, so aimed pretty high and I, I aimed for a four hour marathon and 1500 pounds in the same week, uh, ran had at the time had not even run a marathon, uh, and had never totaled 1500 pounds. Uh, so in the nine month time frame, so really from like February to October, last week of October, uh, ended up running my first marathon, uh, and then added, uh, 260 pounds to my three lift total. So got my squat and deadlift up each hundred pounds and bench 60 pounds. Ran that first marathon in five hours and seven minutes. Uh, 
and then ran my second marathon in October. That was in New York City. Well, turned out to be virtual marathon, uh, which, by the way, virtual races uh, for anyone that follows a runner on Instagram, virtual races are you just running by yourself. Uh, <laughs> not organized events. Um, and uh, then was able to drop uh, 48 minutes off of the first marathon, which is in April and the second one. So in six minutes, six months, dropped 48 minutes and uh, did all that while still gaining strength. So uh, actually, you know, put 50 pounds on squat and deadlift in the first half of it and then continue to put another 50 pounds on the second half all while dropping that time, um, which I frankly like had read was possible, but like uh, it was really cool to get to see that those aren't like Luke and I had talked about, like uh, we thought that our, you know, we had to kind of put aside our, what we we're passionate about, which is lifting and, you know, kind of doing like meathead shit uh, in order to, chase after some of those like endurance other fitness goals or in our case like requirements and it was really like uh, empowering to see that that wasn't the case at all um that you can do what you want to do if that's you know lifting is the case and still train for like an endurance uh, event and whether that's a marathon or you know some backcountry hunt or whatever it is so yeah that was interesting to me because you know seeing Pete on social media, I could kind of follow along with what he was doing and saw some of that from a distance. I hadn't really talked to him about it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was kind of wild. And I was like, there's no fucking way. I was like, this guy's a clown. There's no way in hell he's going to be able to run a marathon and hit a 1500 pound uh, powerlifting total or even like see increases. And cause at the time I was training for a school, I was doing a ton of running. I was not doing really any fucking lifting at all. I was all running. And I, I worked up to like probably the furthest I've ever run, which was not a marathon. Um, but how, how far was it? How far was it? 10 miles. I did 10 miles at like a 924 pace, which is probably the furthest and fastest I've ever run. Um, and I was feeling pretty good. I could have done half, no problem. Um, I finished that 10 feeling fine. I was cruising. But I, I, I mean, a marathon is just 26.2 is a long ways. But but it was really cool to see Pete and see as, as he was doing that. And then when we got to talking and uh, – when we ran into each other at Fort Carson, started talking some more and I was like, man, like this is, this is pretty cool. Like tell me more about it. And he's, he's also doing is, is pretty cool. He was doing it to raise money uh, for a pretty good cause. You want to kind of touch on that? Uh, yeah. And, and like what that looks like. Yeah. So I'm, I, whew, that was, a, there was a lot of lessons and that's actually frankly why Luke said social media. I've got, I think like, 400 people that follow me on Instagram. That's a pretty minimal social media <laughs> presence. Uh, uh, hey, at, least me. Yeah. Yeah, at least 13 of which I'm related to. So uh, <laughs> Perry refuses to get an Instagram, which is really frustrating seeing as I run this entire business through Instagram, but you know, uh, no, no response, Perry. I'm going to leave that uh, awkward pop, uh, silence in there. <laughs> Uh, where were we? The, oh, oh yeah. So, um, uh, ended up, uh, signing up for the TCS New York city marathon before it was virtual, um, with the leukemia and lymphoma society. Um, had never raised money for anything, you know, done your charity five K's done a couple of charity, like half marathons that, you know, walked a few miles with, you know, towards the end with friends and stuff. But, had never like uh, the, I guess the difference between 
the big uh, events that you see people raising money for and they get a lot of attention are that you once you sign up, you are on the hook uh, for that dollar amount uh, of of uh, of cash. So you have to be very committed to run. Uh, and it's not just your entry fees. It's like, hey, we require you to raise X amount of money in order to be, you know, on our, our you know, nonprofit team, um, which kind of takes a, a little bit of commitment. And I, I'd actually signed up, and this is kind of a mistake or I don't know, whatever leap of faith. Uh, I actually signed up for that before I even had run the first marathon, <laughs> uh, uh, which I guess is jumping in ahead first. But that was a really positive experience. Um, connecting with both other people in the endurance community, which is not something that I've ever been exposed to outside of, you know, army stuff where you got freaks around you that can just bang out a 10 miler. Um, not Luke. Luke is not one of those freaks. His 10 miler was, was not, he didn't bang that out. No, uh, <laughs> no, it was a grind. I, I grounded that out. Uh, but, and it was, it was cool to see, I guess it was a, a for me, it was like an example of how uh, powerful it can be to when you um, when you think you're you're good, like raise the bar. And because I saw people that, or you know, chatted with people in little group things on Facebook and whatever that like the the fundraising group that you know had run Boston multiple times had, which by the way, you've got to qualify for in like three hours. It's it's which is like a six forty five minute pace for 26.2 miles like like established endurance athletes um and it raised you know far more money than my goal was for this even this you know the leukemia and lymphoma society um and that was really positive experience um and then i guess serendipitously enough that's my four dollar word for the day but it's a good one yeah serendipitous um i show up to carson and people catch wind that I'm about to, you know, uh, run this marathon thing. I'd only been there for like six weeks. Come to find out my boss's son went into remission for leukemia oh, two wow. years ago. Yeah. I hadn't told you that Luke. Yeah. yeah. Had no idea. Uh, obviously I'd signed up before I even, you know, got here and yeah. it was just a really cool, that's uh, awesome. Uh, experience to kind of see like that, I guess not come full circle. That's like cliche, but you know, actually yeah. have someone that like, you know, like that, that has impacted it. Yeah. It makes so, it mean a little bit more when yeah. you're on mile 22 and you're thinking about walking, you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lights um, of fire. And, uh, then, uh, I, so, well, I guess, I mean, that's, that got me to through that. And I ended up at, uh, four hours and 19 minutes, on the, that second marathon and a total of 1,388 pounds, which came out to be a 501 squat, a 380 bench press, and a 508 deadlift. Sorry, 507, I guess, whatever. Public math is not ever something anyone should do. But, yeah. That's badass, man. I mean, those are really respectable numbers considering as you, that you ran a marathon later that week. I mean, that's insane. What was your weight at that? Uh, right at 230, I think, yeah. What did your diet and stuff look like while you were training for this? So it's funny you say that. Actually, uh, you mentioned your dietary shift and some of the changes, uh, and almost chimed in there. The same time I did this, it was probably the biggest dietary shift I've had in 
my entire adult life. Uh, so Dude, you cut a ton of weight. You went like seeing you at Benning when we just like ran into each other to yeah. when I saw you here, it was pretty unreal. Like, well, so I actually only lost like 10 pounds. Well, your body composition. Body con- so yeah. Much. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which is another cool thing about this. Cause you can, you don't have to become like a little scrawny guy to yeah. go run a marathon and uh, you don't have to be a big old fat dude to lift every weight. Um, not that you have to be, sorry, Anthony, you don't have to be fat to lift a lot of weight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Clearly Anthony does. He's got abs like a fucking cheese grater. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, so right when I started this, I switched to, uh, you could, uh, it's not the, it's somewhere in between the Atkins diet and the, I, I hate using the word diet because everyone follows a diet, right? Like To me, it sounds like a lot eat, like you were just eating a lot more less processed meats, vegetables is really a lot of your focus, right? Yeah, yeah. Just if it wasn't a meat or a vegetable, basically don't, don't eat it, um, which Turns out to cut out a lot. It's a you don't intentionally not eat processed stuff, but uh, I mean it's hard to find like processed vegetables. Yeah, I mean, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, if you don't eat processed meat, which I don't know, no comment on the efficacy of that or whatever. But uh, like that's not my personal choice. I didn't like just cut out uh, you know, pasta and replace it with, you know, salami. Yeah. <laughs> spam. Yeah. Spam and the hot dogs. Um, and that actually, so the first after, uh, I guess probably like you, man, didn't even, uh, had trouble sleeping through the night and some other stuff and I didn't lose weight very easily. And, uh, once I switched to this started actually like sleeping for seven, eight hours consistently, uh, that's a, life-changing that's huge man yeah. when you can actually lay your head on the pillow and Just like know that you're gonna get yeah. sleep all the way through your alarm man like that's especially in this line of work where you gotta like pretty consistently wake up you know before the sun does uh yeah every every hour counts so yeah that was a pretty positive change um and have basically stuck with that this whole time with some uh you know very deliberate cheat days hard cheat days in there because cake is still good uh, and so are donuts <laughs> yeah i'm i'm definitely planning on having a, a pretty hard cheat day once uh, january is up i'm gonna go go pretty hard in the paint there for at least a day and then i'm gonna tighten it back up the key is just to make sure those cheat days don't turn into cheat weeks and cheat months which i think is uh, has been my pattern i've got through these cycles of extreme like obsessiveness with my diet and then i just fall off the fucking wagon mm-hmm. and then it's like oh because i can watch perry eat cake and i gain weight like, that fucker can't gain he eats like dog shit and he just <laughs> lean as hell I, I couldn't gain weight if i tried to i have tried his his brother is the exact same way evan lifts a lot a lot more than perry does but if evan doesn't eat like five thousand calories a day he drops weight it's unreal he's always eating always eating it doesn't matter what he eats he just needs calories his metabolism's unreal that's crazy yeah it's wild i mean me and perry have like half the same genetics and we couldn't be like our, our oh, body, body type, type. Or, yeah, yeah it's radical close. yeah it's it's crazy but yeah so i think that i mean anthony talks about that a lot um anthony's our pro strongman strength and conditioning coach that's on the team for you guys that that uh, don't follow along. You guys should check him out on uh, Instagram. But he's always putting off some great content. And when he talks about diet and nutrition, it's basically just eat what you can like grow, catch, or kill. And if you stick to that with some, you know, eighty percent of the time, you're going to be pretty solid. Um, I don't think there's any secret 
to it. And that's, I've, I've tried a bunch of different, I like to experiment on myself with different, I've done keto, I've done now carnivore, I've done different variations, carnivore, I've done low carb, paleo. I tried vegan for like half a day and that shit didn't work. Um, but I think that's just basically like a paleo type, just like eat what is natural and eat what, you know, kind of what the caveman uh, would have eat, eaten, which would have been a shitload of meat and then some vegetables sprinkled in here and there and some fruits. What about you, Perry? Are you going to get on the wagon with uh, with starting to eat clean? I don't know. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I, carnivore definitely intrigues me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm definitely a sucker for the uh, for the carbs, the pizza, and, and uh, the tacos. Those always call to me. But, um, I mean, the reality is, like, I eat a ton of, a ton of venison. All my beef is grass-fed, natural beef. You know, we got a garden. Um, so, I'm eating, you know, vegetables out of my garden, like – Oh yeah, I, I, you. The base of your stuff is still pretty damn healthy. I think you just sprinkle in a lot of the uh, stuff that makes Pete and I fat. Yeah, the the problem with having a metabolism like mine is like I know that I can basically eat whatever the hell I want to, and I'm not going to gain weight. And so, like, when you know that for your entire life, three decades, then you know you, it, there's definitely times where you don't have the incentive to to really focus on your diet. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm waiting for you to turn like 35 and you just hit like a metabolic wall and just get a big old beer gut. Really, yeah, that's one nice really thing about secretly hoping. Nice thing about dry January is to get to uh, get to reduce the the beer intake and cut out a few of those carbs. So I ain't bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard to tell because I've cut out booze and doing the meat thing all at once. But there's definitely some pretty big shifts. Um, last year I felt better when I cut out the booze too. I think just chronic drinking just. <laughs> As much as we like it, especially in our line of work, there's just nothing positive that comes from it. No. Uh, yeah, I heard a quote uh, from, probably from another podcast or a couple weeks ago that was like, uh, drinking is borrowing happiness from tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which well I was put. like, man, that's that's pretty accurate. Uh, that's funny. I need to write that on a sign and put it over the bar in the house. <laughs> That's hilarious. But shit, man. So let's talk about, uh, we kind of heard about 2020 and how all that turned out, which is, it's pretty awesome. Um, but what, let's talk about 2021. What are, what's, what's kind of on the docket for this year? Uh, well, so I, I don't know if for everyone that didn't catch on, I did not actually hit the four hour mark or the 1500 pound mark. Uh, so, and, and uh, I guess part of that's, uh, there's a few things I learned about like mental uh, endurance is I guess what it was called. And cause my original goals, frankly, were to finish a marathon and to uh, hit 1300 pounds in a week uh, and, or to do all that in the same week. And I said, kind of, no, like screw that. Um, it's actually what I originally wrote on my, the post-it note that I put on my bathroom mirror and said like, no, screw that. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to shoot big, uh, you know, shoot big. And so ramp that up to, uh, what my, you know, I'd always kind of had a goal for, I knew four hours is a pretty good respectable mark for a marathon and 1500 pounds had always actually been just a goal of mine separate from a marathon. And so I just decided to ramp it up to that. So this year, uh, I've got to finish that. Um, and, uh, cause, uh, my 
uh, ultimate long-term goal is to uh, qualify for Boston uh, at, a, at the 1,500-pound total mark, um, which is a – I could put a timeline on it, but that's uh, – I don't think that's going to be any time in the next, you know, years worth talking about because um, uh, that's, that's – uh, you've got to run to not qualify with a charity – got to run a sub three hour marathon, uh, in our age bracket, um, which is like a seven minute pace or something like that. Uh, so anyway, I've got to finish it's like my, it's like my two mile pace right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's not my marathon pace right now either. Um, so, uh, in June running, uh, another marathon, uh, and going to, do the whole thing again max 1500 pounds um and, and and do the marathon again and uh and then going to run the new york city marathon in the fall again um at a hopefully even faster pace on the on the road to qualify for boston uh still with that hoping to stay not hoping you know you will there is no try there's only do and do not uh, <laughs> all right mr uh, miyagi yeah hey come on that's yoda dude I was say, <laughs> star wars man get it right yeah, yeah easy yeah sorry luke's a boomer i think i don't know uh, <laughs> um but yeah and then uh run run the new york city marathon and uh in person uh in this year uh because Never thought I'd, I'd say this, but actually ended up running the first two marathons uh, of my life without, like, kind of, like, at a, at a race. They were just, you know, on, uh, I had people running with me, like, legs of it, but uh, I'm really excited to actually, <laughs> like, run an organized event where there's, oh, like, yeah. people you cheering. feed and, off and everybody else. Yeah, Feed man. off the atmosphere and the energy, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, Actually, and quick, and kind of just to show you how much uh what you think you can do is all is a lot more in your head um and how much this has exposed that to me so when this most recent one is the new york city virtual right which ended up me being running in colorado springs um and i hit a (laughs) what is it what's the 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 community not the community college the actual school here colorado Colorado College, Colorado College, which is actually very famous. Uh, they've got a really good running program because uh, the Olympic Training Centers in the Springs, yep. and they've got a really good running program. They were hosting a cross country meet on the Pikes Peak Greenway. Part of it was on the Pikes Peak Greenway, which was for me uh, mile twenty four, and they had a part of the Pikes Peak my route like blocked off uh, at mile twenty four, and there's some like dude the the bouncers at a cross country meet are not exactly like the bouncers at your typical bar all right they're they're (laughs) they're not kicking anyone legitimately off the course and this dude is like uh hey you got to go around this cross country meet i just you know he doesn't know us from you know the the casual like you know person taking their dog on a walk right and this is mile 24 for me and i'm like dude i know i've got people and Chick-fil-A waiting for me uh, at mile, exactly mile 26.2. I'm not taking a detour right now. And so I just said, no. And that's literally all I said to the guy. I'm like, kept running past his little like barrier. Uh, and I didn't obviously do anything. Um, it, was but a, then, it was a cross country meet. What was he going to do? Yeah, it was a cross country meet, man. And um, there are all these people cheering, not for me. They were just cheering like where I was at for the, uh, the it was women that were just 
blowing by me. <laughs> Twelve-year-old girls. Yeah, well, I mean, no, dude, they were collegiate. Like oh, they were, they were fast, yeah. fast. They were fast. And uh, you know, I'd like to think that that's just because it was like a five k or something. Uh, but let's get real; they probably would have just kicked my ass no matter what. But uh, anyway, I had my headphones in, and my buddy that was running with me uh, did not, and they were cheering, and uh, some of them were looking at me and saying things. As it turns out, they were heckling me. Uh, and my buddy said they were talking shit. They're like, you're in the middle of a race. Like, ah. I didn't hear any of that. I just heard the noise through my headphones. And mile 24, just the, 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 I guess the moral of this is mile 24 with all that crowd noise and like people, well, not cheering, uh, but <laughs> saying things uh, was actually the fastest mile of like the, it was faster than like mile eight for me. Uh, Cause I just picked it up and fed off. All, yeah. All, all that. that energy. Yeah. 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 Um, so when like, mile 23 and 25 are like a 10 30 pace or something a mile 20 you can look on the splits i'm like mile 24 is like a 9 10 pace and it felt easy so I'm, i don't know uh that's it, it i looked back on that and was like man it turns out all of that was like in my all the pain and sadness uh that you experience and that luke will experience uh some foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing uh around that that point is is really just all in your head um Shoot, I lost what you asked me about 2021. Yeah, so I'm excited to do do my actual first, you know, like in person race. Yeah, the real race. yeah, so and yep. finish out the 1500 pound total and four hour mark and everything. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so like what he just foreshadowed to for some reason, my dumbass decided to do this as well. So I said fuck it and signed up for the uh, Steamboat Springs Marathon up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado in june so on a whim told pete hey dude i'm in i'm gonna do this uh and he was like we well, gotta have a time and i was like well i'm just wanna finish He was like you gotta have a time so i was like all right i'm gonna do it sub five hours because sub four hours is not even remotely realistic so i can do sub five and then go for the 1500 pound powerlifting total all in the same week week i think it's june 6th yeah it's yeah because it's d-day yeah it's d-day yeah, yeah that's yeah, the other thing I, I saw the date and i was like well i have to do well, this because yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time i'm gonna be running i'm just gonna be thinking about those poor bastards on normandy so yeah. like you can't stop running so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a an interesting time so like like i said before the longest the furthest i think i've ever run is 10 miles and i was at a 924 pace and so i think what does five hours end up being is it about nine uh no it's over 10 Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like just over ten though. Okay, so I might be able to do sub five, if I can. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see we'll, how it goes. We'll, we'll cut you up. We'll cut you up <laughs> and get you out of the uh, out of the pain cave. We'll see how it goes. But if, yeah, so sub five, and then I'm gonna be looking at around a 400 pound bench, 500 pound squat, and 600 pound deadlift. So my lifetime PRs are uh, like a 325 bench, 525 squat, and 595 deadlift. So that's pretty close to 15. So I think that's really doable for me. What's going to be hard is the training time. And that's what I'm already running into with just the past week trying to train. And like training and lifting is, is with the running because it takes me so long to run right now because I'm slow as shit. I'm, I'm way slower than I was back when I ran 10 miles last summer. So I've got a long way to go. I haven't really run much since, hell, I don't know, like October was the last time I was really training hard for running. So I definitely, uh, definitely got to make up a lot of ground. So, Luke, are you going to, uh, once January's over, I know you said you're going to have a probably a big old cheat day, but are you going to continue with some sort of variation of carnivore between now and June, or what are your plans for that? Yeah, so 
I think I'm going to do most, like probably close to like 80% meat, um, really get most of my calories from meat and, and meat fats. But then I am going to start adding uh, honey and berries and some more carbohydrates, especially pre-run days and then pre-heavy lifting days, just to get my body some of the, that energy. I was talking to Anthony about that because um, you, you can run – um, and, and do things off fat and off ketones, like ketones are an energy source, but anything that's like super intense or those really long endurance is when you're going to start to see like the, the, the net loss. Um, from my understanding, I'm not an expert on any of this shit, but I just like to read and listen to podcasts and stuff. Uh, everybody's kind of got a different opinion on nutrition, but the best I can tell in sort, and then the kind of experience, my experiences I've done on myself, I think it makes a lot of sense to, really hit some of those carbs pre-workout. So I think I'm going to try to stay away from wheat and oats and a lot of um, that kind of processed stuff and just hit fruits, honey, uh, maybe some sweet potatoes, that sort of thing to get my carbohydrates. But stay mostly mostly on the meat train. That sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Um, let's see. Let me look at my notes over here. What else I want to touch on? Well, if, if I could chime in on that, yeah. you're talking about your, the diet stuff. Yeah. Uh, cause I, when I switched to um, the fit meat veggies diet for lack of a better term, and then was like, Oh no, I don't need these gels and stuff. It's, you know, it's sugar, there's sugar in there or whatever. And, and there's all kinds of different, uh, types of that sort of endurance nutrition stuff. Um, but found very, hard in fact i could you could probably i think attribute at least half of my personal i could attribute at least half my personal time drop to just a better nutrition plan in in the race itself race that's a general term or a a, a generous term the run itself so what what did you do so um especially for uh dudes like us with slower metabolisms um staying ahead of the curve was really big because by the time you think and whether this is on a hike up a mountain or because i found this to be repeatedly true for myself whether it's on a hike up a mountain or at mile 18 of a run or whatever it is if you start to feel like you need you know juice like you are 45 minutes behind the curve you like you've already lost you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i consumed the same amount of calories in the first marathon is the second one, but two thirds of them on the second one were in the front half. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So mapped it all out and then like, Hey, this is how much I need based off of I don't know, people that have degrees in it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then like mapped all that out and had all my little gels and gummies and, you know, snacks and stuff. And then, um, uh, scrunched it all into like the first half basically with just some uh you know tapering at the end and the crazy thing was on the first one dude uh mile 15 was like a huge wall by the time i got into you know the plus mile 20 it was just a absolute pain cave any incline at all felt like i was climbing you know mount rainier um and the second time i finished i felt like i could have kept running um, didn't, did not, <laughs> did not. Uh, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just like planning that out with knowing how your body works. Um, and I think that's got a lot of applicability to, uh, just other pursuits. Um, 
it's got a lot of translation into like backcountry hunting. And yeah. When you're up on the when I was elk hunting, you, you've got to especially, you know, if you're one of those guys that does have your diet matters, right? So if you're if you're eating like a lot of fats, your blood sugar is going to stay pretty stable. But if you do eat kind of the normal uh, diet, your blood sugar spikes. If you're used to eating like that, and then you go up on the mountain, a lot of times, especially at elevation, you lose your appetite. And so if you're not eating and you're not putting that those calories in and you forget to eat, you're just going to hit that wall out of nowhere. And like, just what you said with the marathon, like once you start feeling like, Oh fuck, like you're probably, it's probably close to too late and you need to get that rest. And you know, if you've got a hundred pounds of meat on your back and you're trying to get back to the truck, that's seven miles away. Like that could be, um, <laughs> sorry about that. I just got a text message, but, uh, yeah, it'll be a, uh, it can be a big deal. So, Staying ahead of your nutrition, not only in, in training, but also when you're in the field. And when the Army is the same way. I mean, when, when, if you're doing a long movement on a patrol, like you've got to hit those calories or you're going to be in a bad state. Yeah, I agree completely. And it comes into play with, uh, and this is uh, bit me in the ass twice on endurance events uh, with like helping you re- retain water and stuff. And, yeah, we're getting, I don't want to get into all that, but like you you don't eat, you can't retain water either. Uh, and then if you don't eat and maintain yourself, you know, uh, I've ended up in two different hospitals for altitude related, uh, stupidity, uh, <laughs> which is super translatable to, uh, backcountry hunting. Cause a lot of that I think occurs, uh, probably not at sea level, uh, and probably up in the, you know, mountains at, at pretty respectable altitude i mean you're probably not above the tree line right but like no you know, I, yeah, when I, was, I was out hunting at 11,000 12,000 feet okay so, so that's still pretty pretty damn respectable though yeah it's, it's fucking high man air is real thin yeah uh but yeah and it's it, once you once you feel the effects of of all that it, you're it's too late it's uh, um i guess it's the the moral of all that well and that's i think that that's the benefit and what appealed to me of when you said that, um, what you were doing. And then I, obviously we talked about it a bunch and I was thinking about it. And I think when you told me, I was like, ah, I have no desire. I'm never going to run a marathon. And that in and of itself is part of the reason why I'm running a marathon. Cause I have no desire. I have zero desire, less than a desire. I do not want to run 26.2 miles. I don't want to train to run 26.2 miles. And I think just the fact that I am so against it is a worthy pursuit to then force myself to do it as just that mental endurance and mental toughness thing. Um, and then also it is very applicable for the military and then also for hunting. I mean, everybody like talks shit about campaigns for the amount of miles he's putting in, but I can tell you what, he probably doesn't get fucking tired on the mountain when he's running a marathon a day. That dude's crazy. I don't know if you follow him mm, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some crazy stuff and it, it is a little obsessive and ex- excessive in my opinion. But I mean, if that's what he wants to do, hell yeah, dude, it's like power on and he crushes it. And it's, it's pretty wild at his age as well. So I think there's some validity to doing things, one, that we don't want to do, especially when it comes to our training, and then two, something that's going to be directly applicable to whatever our sport or that pursuit is. And so I was like, man, I could keep my strength up, you know, actually go back to that power. 1,500 pounds was my my goal. I think I got to 1,495 and, you know, missed it by five because I couldn't pull 600. And so, like, I really wanted to hit that when I was training for powerlifting when I was uh, in Afghanistan. And so it'll be really cool to kind of chase that again. And then while, you know, doing the runs and then kind of seeing push my body. And I'm really interested to see how my body responds as far as, like, the body composition and all that, especially now that I'm cleaning up my diet and cutting back the amount of beer I'm drinking. Well, Luke, I mean, 
talking about uh, respect you for doing the exact thing that you said you don't want, want to do because uh, that's part that was part of my motivation for this whole thing too from not the you know first or second priority but a uh a, a guy that both of us have met uh from gothic serpent um said once to me he was like do something hard every day uh and this dude's a this dude's a badass um gothic serpents uh the operation that black hawk down um took was was that was that operation for you guys that don't know what it's actually called yeah sorry yeah that uh Anyway, that's one of his mottos is do something hard every day uh, because the whole – we've anyone that plays sports hears it. You know, if you're not if you're not getting better, you're getting worse type thing. And um, the whole – I didn't really understand uh, endurance training, and I'm not still going to – I'm not going to pretend to from a uh, sport perspective, but uh, at least from a motivation perspective, like I can tell you that anyone that um, – yeah, I guess you, you see memes it's from weightlifters a lot of times. At least I do, like, follow on Instagram or whatever, though. Like, you know, why would you – I don't understand people that run, you know, uh, 50 milers or whatever the when they, you know, they realize they don't have to. And, uh, you know, I used to laugh at that. And I, I realized that, like, you, you don't have to – you've got to do a lot of things, but the the person you are at the end of – 20 miles or 10 miles or whatever that previously unattained mark for you is, you know, whatever it could be two miles. Uh, the person that you are at the end of that is not the person that started that same, uh, that, that, that race or that run that day. Um, and you learn about who you are, uh, in a way that only you can teach yourself. Um, and that's, what's been sort of the intangible, most like unspoken, most valuable part of this experience, at least for me personally, um, is doing something that you previously thought was not possible for yourself. Uh, because then you start to question like, huh, like what else in my life did I used to think, uh, was impossible or that I couldn't achieve or, you know, wanted to an abstract kind of like, Ooh, that'd be cool thing. Maybe bucket list item, whatever. And you start to knock that first one off. And frankly, for me, you know, it was a, a marathon that I never was like, oh, that's that's never going to happen. Um, but you start to knock that first domino off because like no one can stop you from doing that. Um, and then it starts to it has carryover into uh, other like it has, at least for me, like way a lot of other aspects of my life, like um side businesses opportunities and stuff and reaching out to people like oh i never you know thought i could connect with you know that person or whatever it is and then i'd you know shoot him in his office and email and next thing i know in fact one of the training plans i'm on uh, i i kind of mirror right now is because i reached out to someone uh the guy that wrote supple leopard uh becoming a supple leopard kelly strett yeah right reached out to his office saying i probably won't get a response whatever and then he ended up putting me in touch with a like an online coach and it was, i was like dude well i'll be honest with you i can't afford that and he was like well you know for your goals i'd recommend researching this so you can buy the books online ended up that's the one of his lifting protocol the guy that that turned me on to is the one i still follow today right you know so like you it has that domino effect in your yeah. life of just like well i did that i didn't think i could before what else in my life do i think that i can't do or or used to think i couldn't do that is probably not true 
Uh, so that's that's been kind of the big picture like takeaway for this whole thing that has been like immensely valuable, and that's why I encourage people uh, to pursue this thing is because there's no like this pursuit there's no socioeconomic like barriers to entry for this right like you like anybody can go any, run 20, anyone can go do 26 it, right? miles like, anybody can go grab some weights you know it's it's awesome and success snowballs and, and it, it breeds success um i was talking to somebody the other day about that exact thing with like the business and how we've grown and how it's like exponential growth and the connections and all this stuff you don't think i never thought i would have a podcast you had told me shit in December of 2018, six months before I launched this company that I was going to own an apparel line, I would have laughed at you. Like, you know, like, I mean, shit. So you never know what's going to, where things are going to go and, and how it's going to take you there. And then when you start to be successful, successful people gravitate to you. You know, they say you're the, the sum of the six people you spend the most time with. And I think that's real. And when you find other guys that are doing hard shit, that are being successful, that are doing stuff, getting outside their comfort comfort zone, taking risks, being aggressive, like you're drawn to them and then you feed off each other in a positive way, which I think has been really cool. I mean, you're completely bringing me into this marathon deal that I would have never done on my own. And so I think that's cool. Like, um, in like my whole mindset with this was there's a, I'm a history major, history nerd. So like when Cortez showed up to the new world, he got off, they got off the ships and they, they you know, were getting ready to set out and all the all the men were complaining and they were scared and they were saying maybe we should go back and he turned around and said burn the ships and so they literally burned the ships so the only way they could do is go forward and so that's why i was sitting there and i was back and forth on whether i was going to do this and i said fuck it i'm burning the fucking ships i signed up for the marathon i told pete i was going to do it i haven't trained at all and so here i am six months from now um, well a month of that we're going to be at ntc at fort Irwin, not doing anything but, uh, but so we really have five months now, I guess, but we're going to be getting after it. So that's just what I'm going to leave you guys with. We're, we're, uh, we're coming up on an hour now. So we'll go ahead and go through some closing comments. Pete, what do you got to wrap it up? Well, I like what you said about burning the boats, man, because uh, that was the talking about the fundraising thing. I'd be lying if I said that this was my motivations were not completely. I wanted to find a good cause to run for, but I wanted to assign a financial commitment and uh, uh, use sort of a public declaration of goals type thing to do this. And that was me. That was me uh, metaphorically like burning the boats, putting it out to everyone. I knew that this is my goal. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and there was no one, I, I no one was going to like, you know, DM me or message me or whatever. Like, you know, talk shit and be like, ah, you didn't actually do this. But I knew in the back of my head, right? Like everybody knows. I mean, everyone I did knows. the same. That's part of me doing this podcast right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, you're, you, dude, you're yeah. burning the boats right yeah, now. Dude. Burning the like, boats. I put it up on, on my Instagram page. Yeah. Like 12,000 people are like, shit, this motherfucker better run that <laughs> marathon in June. They're going to be looking for that update. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it, no, that's, and that's exactly it. And that's been the most, in fact, uh, listen to a talk, even Petraeus gave uh, a couple months ago or whatever. And that's something that he used uh, general, retired david petraeus for sorry uh for those unfamiliar with that man uh mildly successful in his career and that's something that he actually used uh says he, he's used to bring success is when he he 
aims at something lofty, he tells uh, people that he is going to do it, not in a braggadocious way, but in a, hey, I'm going to do this way. Yeah. And then the, he knows subconsciously that there's a form of accountability there. So. Yeah, there's power in that for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so, that, yeah, good good segue, and that's actually probably the, one of the, the things I wanted to close with. So, yeah. Hell, yeah. What do you got, Perry? Shit, yeah. No, this, this has been great, Pete. Um, you got me all motivated here, man. I'm got me ready to go out and start running again. So, I've uh, – it's been it's been a little while since I've run myself, but um, I've been thinking that that maybe it was time to, to start hitting the trails again, and and uh, you got me motivated, so appreciate it. It's been it's been a good good conversation. Hell yeah, Pete. Where uh, where can everybody follow along uh, on your Instagram? What's your uh, what's your handle there? It's P W Sunderland. Uh, it's P W S U N D E R L A N D. Uh, you can be my 400 and something follower. Uh, but I, I really do enjoy connecting with people on that. I think it's a real powerful platform, especially in the year and circumstance we find ourselves in. So Yeah, I've been working, uh, talking to Pete. He's going to start documenting kind of his process and a lot more of the nitty gritty into the running and training side. So he's going to be putting up a lot a lot of good content. I think he's going to write a couple articles for the uh, Hunt Lift Deep website. So it's going to be pretty cool going forward. But definitely give him a follow. Um Follow me if you guys don't already at luke.d.cox. And then obviously, uh, if you're not following, follow the Hunt Lift Eat page, which is Hunt Lift Eat Official. But thanks, y'all. You guys are the best. I really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to su- subscribe to this podcast, drop us a review, and send us any feedback you got. Thanks.